welcome back. Yeah, why not? Powered by BetSports. We are your daily dose of cricket, handicapping, and sports betting picks. Sorry about that, folks. Seeing some weird stuff behind the scenes. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always from Minnesota. Did you get to watch any of that game last night, Andy? How did it go? I, I did. I did stay up. That's why I'm tired. I had to have a double, <laughs> a, a double, double espresso. It's like the, the five, not five guys, the In and Out Burger of uh, espressos. It's a double, double because the machine at the gas station makes a double, but you can fit more than that in the cup. So I just hit the button twice. So now I'm woke up. But yeah, I stayed up. That was a fun game. Um, almost a Suns cover. I don't. I didn't shoot for the middle. Just stayed on the under. Under looked a little sketchy at points in the third quarter, but uh, under two twenty two, under two twenty three, there was it got steamed down to like two nineteen and a half, and then popped back up. So, congrats to us for winning one final NBA bet, and also the future bets. I retweeted a still shot of that. We had the. What was your good one? The Suns to win game one and lose the series plus 375. Yep. And then also Bucks minus one and a half games, the series handicap. So they had to have this one at uh, plus a bunch. I think it was 250 or something. 250 ish. So a couple of nice plus money wagers on the series that were much better than the actual series price. So good for Alex, good for the Bucks, good for Giannis. Good for the city. Uh, it's I've been there. So it's somebody was making fun of this in one of the chats. So like, there's nothing to do in Milwaukee but drink. I'm like, that is pretty sausage. There's pretty much true. Like that's all I've ever done there. Great karaoke bar I went to out there. That was a lot of fun. Otherwise, good job, city of Wisconsin, state of or city of Milwaukee, state of Wisconsin. <laughs> Either way, I'm, I'm was... sure they're all celebrating. Yeah, I mean, it's circled back to your point on the Enders. It, it started looking a little dicey in the third quarter, but as somebody that was watching the live totals, I think it only got back up to like 217, 218, I think was the the, the peak point. The low point was 201 and a half. I think we closed like a 203, something like that. So almost everybody with all their Unders hit, even if you had live, hopefully you had some alt-Unders. And what a freaking game by Giannis. We continue to hear yeah. more and more about him, possibly being sick the night before throw all that stuff out the window. The 50 points was impressive to me, but it was the blocks. Every single time Phoenix came down the lane with a good opportunity, there's Giannis. Out of nowhere, this blur comes across the lane, hand, a ball gets just whacked away. And I know he only had five or six, but they just seemed really impactful. And again, in that third quarter, late in the game, when the rest of the Bucks started to look nervous, you saw them in that second quarter lose the big lead, going to the halftime down. Giannis came out and scored, I think, like the first seven, maybe ten points for them in that quarter. And you could just see it was like, all right, I don't care what's happening. We're not losing this game. I am taking care of business. He was attacking the basket. He was getting to the rim. The way he attacks offensive rebounds, honestly, is one of the most unique things about him. You think about a lot of star players. It's not really something you think about when you think about LeBron James and you think about even big men like Shaquille O'Neal, like Will Chamberlain and stuff like that. But you watch him, just his relentless fury at, at the basket, just going up over and over and over again. It was really impressive. So that's off to him. I mean, that's really great to watch somebody come in like him, really grow and become something. I mean, that was just super fun. Yeah, it was it was great. And yeah, like somebody in the chat said, he is live streaming from Chick-fil-A where he ordered 50, 50 <laughs> chicken minis. The, the, I don't even think I could eat that many. That's a ton. He's a big dude, though. We could try. I have eaten I have eaten a dozen of those. Those are so good. Got Chick-fil-A for lunch. <laughs> Does sound pretty prime right now. Um, yeah, so I, I thought we were almost, having gyros. 
oh I, yeah i should get a euro because of the old uh the old greek freak doing it up good year for greece. Uh, yeah three cheers for greece um it's football season now football season is officially started because the NBA NHL is over and the MLB just grinds on for like another 18 months. But before that, it is the NBA draft. We enjoyed this last year. I enjoyed the NFL draft even more, but this is a good one too. I've made some money on this over the years. Um, the draft order was decided a bit ago with, I forgot about this, Detroit. Detroit had won the lottery. Minnesota had to, what, what was the Minnesota trade? Was that the Russell? I believe that was the D'Angelo Russell trade. D'Angelo, yeah. that that's worth that's, it. Yeah, that's what job. it was. That's how that you pick didn't want that seven state. pick. There you go. Good job, go good job, Gophers. Good job, <laughs> good job Wood Dogs. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Detroit, Houston, Cleveland, Toronto, Orlando, Oklahoma City, Golden State from Minnesota, Orlando again from Chicago, Sacramento, New Orleans, Charlotte, San Antonio, Indiana and golden state again so that's the lottery draft order most of that obviously the second round doesn't matter unless you have some draft props really nothing to watch here it's mostly excitement for the first like five six picks and then if you have a team that's drafting or you're a fan that's all there is to it although we do like to bet on this and you you made some good money on this last year yeah it was a lot of fun last year i mean the order it's going to be nuts this is going to be a crazy draft and we'll keep talking about this over the next few days uh, you know, you look at some of those positions, you don't see Oklahoma State from 14, I'm sorry, Oklahoma City from 14 and above there. They've got a handful of picks. You see Orlando's got two in the top 10. There's going to be trades. I think there are going to be people moving up. I'm really curious to see what happens with that second pick. Um, is that going to be Houston? Is that going to be someone else? We'll see what Cleveland does. So the draft order is really interesting. But like you said, we love to bet on these things. We've got a bunch of stuff. And this is probably just going to be something where every couple of days, every day or so, I'm just going to have another few books are pretty slow opening these. Um, I think if you live in regulated states besides Pennsylvania, thanks, Pennsylvania, you can bet these draft props. I specifically am using a couple offshores and uh, a local, if you will. So let's jump into some picks here. You know, we've got some over unders. Those are most of the markets that have popped up. And then we've got some draft position things. We'll start with Kai Jones here. Shout out to my buddy. D money. If you don't follow Dwayne on Twitter, great for football, college basketball, um, golf, handicapping, all that stuff. He turned me on to this one. Kai Jones under 14 and a half. Um, you know, as I look, Kai Jones, sophomore from Texas. I, one of the main ways I approach this, Andy, and I'm sure you know, I've shared my sheet with you a bit. Oh, yeah. I try to go through all the different mock drafts and I pick about five or six that I think are the most reliable and try to look for irregularities there. Be really careful when you're looking at mock drafts. Make sure you read a few of the paragraphs on a few players and that should be enough to give you a feel for whether or not they're just taking information from other places or whether this is you know, kind of their own source of information. And I like to compare the ones that seem to be more their own reporting versus taking from other places and try to watch and see as, as people catch up. And Kyle Jones has been somebody that, you know, if you will, more the originator mock drafts, um, the ones that to me strike me as having their own reporting. He is starting to drop down on those. He's down to the ninth pick, you know, which I believe puts him um, with the New Orleans, I'm sorry, the Sacramento Kings there. Um, Basically, Kong. every draft here has him below that 14th pick except for two, and one of them's a big outlier. They have him at 22. So really like him at under 14 and a half. Would play this at under 14. Probably draw the line right there. If you see it under 13 and a half with plus money, that's that's probably okay too. Another player here, Corey Crispert, and, and this is one that's 
I hesitated a little bit playing the under Andy because we have a senior and seniors don't tend to rise in drafts. But what we have working for here, Mr. Crispert is one of the best shooters in the draft, if not the best shooter, especially just in terms of pure shooting, just being on the floor by himself, shooting baskets and all those warm up trials. People are going to watch a video of him and just get just absolutely enamored with him. You know, again, go back and look at my mock drafts. His average position is right around 12. So I think under 14 and a half is nice. And this next one is a little more about what I was talking about in terms of trades. If the Houston Rockets keep the second pick, I'm going to lose this bet. I don't think they're going to take Mobley, but at plus 200, I think there's a great chance someone trades up for that pick and tries to get Mobley. I think Mobley, you know, Kate Cunningham is going to be the number one pick. But any report that you hear otherwise for the next week or so is absolutely subterfuge. Don't pay any attention to it. The number two pick is where it gets interesting. You look at Houston, they already have Christian Wood. The group that they have now running the team has been a little hesitant in the past to draft big men. They're really looking at Jalen Green, I think. Maybe another name. Um, I think Moody actually was another name I heard them talking about, but yeah. probably not going to be Mobley. But as I said, I think someone's straight into this pick, and he is really, to me, the second-best player in this draft. It's Kate Cunningham, it's him, and then kind of the rest of the guys. So I think someone moves up, and with that in mind, you know, I was able to get plus 200. This is down, I think, like plus 160 some places. That's probably still okay. I draw the line right around there. And then just before we got on, we were talking a little bit, and uh, I don't understand what everybody really likes about this James Booknight fella. Um, seeing some interesting reporting on him. There might be a team or two that's really enamored with him. So instead of trying to attack his over-under, there's a couple players that, you know, we've got one right here, Keon Johnson specifically, that I feel pretty good about being drafted before Mr. Book Knight. You know, as I look, um, Keon Johnson, a freshman from Tennessee, looks like he's locked into that eight or ninth pick. Um, really nobody else has him above there. Whereas, you know, you start to go look at Book Knight, he is anywhere from seven to 20 in some of these mock drafts. So this is one where, you know, instead of trying to take a book night under at plus money, I'm going to take a player that I'm almost certain is going to be going in that eight, nine spot as opposed to taking book, book night, say, you know, under 10 and a half. So we'll take Keon Johnson plus 25 to be drafted before James book night. Yeah. Book, book night was just, you know, he was the guy, he came back and from injury or whatever, COVID, I don't even remember at this point, but I remember like all of a sudden he's just all over the screen. Like he's all over my Twitter feed. And yeah, he had oh, like, oh, here's a huge dunk. And oh, there's a big, you know, it's like, yeah, well, it's. It, As I, I mentioned know, before we got it, started, it like, he reminds me a lot a of Jamal player. Yeah. yeah it's, he's going to be instant offense. He's going to be a microwave guy, if you're familiar with that expression. But I'm not. That's not the guy you want with a top five to 10 pick in a really good draft. A couple more we've got. Um, this is another, you know, Josh Giddy to be drafted before Kai Jones. Again, just taking a look at all the drafts here, you know, the consensus spot for Giddy seems to be right around 12, um, 12 or 13. There's actually some people that have him as low as 10. You look at Kai Jones, he's pretty much outside the lottery everywhere, kind of a fringe lottery pick around that 14. So happy to get Giddy here at plus 100. Guzman Garuba, um, he is a foreigner. He is going to be playing in the Olympics for the Spanish team here. Um, but over 16 and a half looks like a nice number to me. There is a little bit of risk. Maybe he comes out and has a really strong Olympics. But looking into it, he's not going to get a lot of playing time. It doesn't look like he gets more than 10 to 15 minutes a night for the Spanish team. So I don't think he's really going to get the showcase needed to drive his draft position down. 
you know, and look at it, mock drafts, he's right around 18. There are a couple people. There is one draft that has him 15. I think there's one that had him 14 the other day, but all those numbers are rising. I think he's going to be right around the 17th, 18th pick. So over 16 and a half looks pretty good for me there. Zaire Williams um, over Cheyenne Cooper. I'm sorry, Sharif Cooper, getting used to some of the names here. I'm not so, so good with those. Again, as I start to look at some of these drafts, Cooper looks like he's going to be in the 20s, whereas Williams is pretty much cemented between 14 and 17 just about everywhere. Going back to Giddy again, we kind of know where he's going to be. Um, Alper and Sengen, this is another one where, you know, if I lose this one, Sengen is going to be somebody that gets scooped up like a 10 or 11 before anyone would even consider Giddy. But looking at all my drafts outside of one that has Sengen in the lottery, he's like the 16th, 17th pick. I'm looking at Giddy again, right around 12. It looks like he's 10 or 13 there. So a good group of stuff there to get us started. Um, there'll be more coming. And honestly, we might end up going against some of these. A lot of these prices move quite a bit. So make sure that if you bet these, Try to keep track of what you bet, what number you get, so that later on, if I come back and tell you to bet on the other side, you make sure that you're in the right range. So a good group for us to get us started today. We've got about a week or so. The draft is on Thursday, and we'll keep adding to this as we go along. But, Andy, do you know what day it is? A giddy, giddy going 10th would be nice. That would be nice. Oh, I do know what day it is. It is Wednesday. It is hump day. It is win total Wednesday. And uh, just as a, as a quick aside, too, because – I'm going to talk about the deep dive a little here. The deep dive will be a little earlier today. Drew had a bit of a conflict. He has a, like a furries convention or something this afternoon. So we will be recording a little earlier. It will be 6.30 East. We'll still be live. We'll still be live on the YouTube channel. We'll be discussing Tampa Bay and the Saints tonight. But it will – or yeah, Tampa Bay and the Saints. It will be – earlier though we will be going earlier it will be 6 30 eastern 5 30 central so check that out but yeah from last week and i'd encourage you to go watch this go listen to it if you want some more information on the football team but for my win total wednesday i did find this at even money and this is in my account now it is the washington football team under i know we had one one very hopeful fan He's a, he's, a, he's a listener. He sticks with us all year, but I felt bad because he was very hopeful. We were hopeful too. It's one of those teams where we were hopeful before we dug in and really said, oh, you know, it, it's an easy, it's an easier, you know, division. It could be, but uh, if the Dallas offense kicks it up a notch, if things work out in New York, if uh, the Eagles get things figured out in the post wins era, all of a sudden maybe it's not an easy division. And again, on their schedule, at Buffalo, at Denver, at Green Bay, at, at obviously at Philly, Dallas, New York, but a couple of back-to-backs with some tough teams. And then, like, we, we joked around with the Final Four last year, which they don't call it the Final Four. That's only college basketball. But the Final Four of the NFL was Tampa, Green Bay, the Chiefs, and the Buffalo Bills and all four of those teams found their way onto Washington's schedule. They do not have an easy schedule in any way, shape, or form. Their bye is semi-neutered by the fact that they get, oh, they're coming off a bye. Yeah, they play Tampa Bay. Like It doesn't help. A lot of these uh, situational spots are getting neutered by that fact. So it's not an easy schedule. Not all, And if the Saints are decent, they play the Saints. So they play the Chargers right off the bat if we think that offense continues to play well and that team has a lot of potential. So just nothing easy about this schedule. And nothing I don't want to get 
I don't want to get too trendy here, but what if you just blindly bet every NFC East team under eight wins for like the last three years? Yeah. It's, you like worst case, you're going two and two on all those, and at least one of them's probably an alt or something. Three and one most years. Last year, you go four and zero. And and that's the thing, like just defense, like this defense carried this team to a division title. That's what sucks. Like they have a first place schedule, and I, I think you're right. Like betting, you like four and zero last year on the on some of these win totals, but yeah, it's just defense just doesn't matter like it used to with all the changes we've seen in the NFL over the last few years. Like the defense was fun, it was great, it did help them out a lot last year with an easier schedule. But a def- a defense is not going to carry you with this sort of schedule if the offense isn't going to come around. I, I and you know, full disclosure, I have a MVP ticket on Fitzmagic just in case, <laughs> just because it was a big number as, and that's a fun bet to make. But yeah, my my average win total for this team is like, and again, make the joke, it is like 6.9, nice. But I have them right right a shy of seven if, if everything hashes out the way I look at it. So not seeing uh, eight and a half should be the number. It's actually juiced to the over as well. People are bullish on this team. So I have under eight and a half at even money, and I will have uh, another one next, next week. I'd like to talk to somebody who's betting this over. I, I would really like to hear the case for the over because, like you said, I mean, I totally agree with everything you said, and it's hard for me to think of any positives. I mean, it's, this team's really going to struggle to put up points, I think. I mean – I don't know. Maybe it's just Fitz Magic and Scary Terry for 200 yards yeah, and two touchdowns Terry a game or something. Good, good, a couple young good players, but it's uh, it's a very tough schedule for this offense to come around with, especially with who knows what you're getting from Fitzpatrick. You know, you, you have good Fitz Magic, you have bad Fitz Magic, and then yeah, and somebody asks, is next week's total going to be Washington's alt under? Alt unders, the prices aren't great so far on stuff that's coming on. I'm still waiting for a few other books. Now that Circa will be live in Iowa soon. Boy, and you talk about that too. Uh, you and me are kind of in the same boat on these draft props. Iowa will not hang draft props either. Iowa and Pennsylvania will not let you bet on these uh, draft props. It has How to are be. How we both in such lame states? It, well, you're in Minnesota, some, but you're close to a yeah. lame state. There, there is some wording with some of these where it has to be like a, a sporting event, like something that's decided on the field. If it's decided off the field, like a draft, they won't take action on it. So it's stupid. I'm going to drive to Illinois. I don't know what's going on. Let's get, uh, let's get that's enough. Right, get people in Iowa, legislators in Iowa, your money is going to Illinois. You can have Andy's money. It'd be funny. I should be writing letters to my legislators in Iowa. Like, why are these coming from Minnesota? What's going on? This, this guy can't even vote here. Just take videos of you driving. Hi, five folks of Iowa. I'm coming. But I'm, I'm here. <laughs> um, Palermo, huh? You know, you, you mentioned it's, it's kind of wonky. We're in a transition period. That's why we have tennis. No matter what happens, Andy, tennis persists. That's what's so great about it. Nothing in Gdynia. I'm sorry that you don't get to say that today. We did get our dog and our over earlier, though. Bondar won. We got the over 20 and a half. That was pretty fun. Um, similar strategy going back to Palermo here tomorrow. Um, this will be tomorrow. And the Palermo matches have been a little later. I don't know what it is about the Italians. They don't like to play tennis too early in the morning. Um, so these are actually on. Have I you ever had a double scheduled. 
<laughs> you will have to go to the bathroom after that. You can't have a, that much coffee and then play tennis right afterwards. That's probably what it is. Any little bit of a break. But this will be on, I believe, probably just before the show starts tomorrow. If not, while we're on air, we'll see how it goes. Francesco Di Lorenzo, um, a young player, kind of a real grinder here. Um, likes being on the clay. Zhang, someone I talked about earlier, we faded her. Unfortunately, that it goes so well. Our girl won the first set and lost the match. Um, but Zhang here, very uncomfortable on clay. Again, still getting priced, I think, based on her rank, based on what she does in a lot of other surfaces besides these. I think Di Lorenzo here, I have much closer to plus 250. So happy to take a little bit of her at plus 300. And the total here, you know, both of these women play very long matches. Go back and look. There's a good chance we see three sets here, but it's a little hard for me to tie that down. And I didn't love the price there. Um, take a look. I mean, if you have over two and a half sets at like plus 180, maybe plus 170, take a little bit of that. But I didn't have that number, so I don't know if it exists. Over 20 games, though, is really nice. I think there's a great chance. Um, we see a 7-5, a 7-6 here in one of these sets. Again, also a good chance we see three. I would have hung a 21 myself, so 20, 20 and a half is okay. Even 21 plus juice if you look at a seller game and get a little ahead of the VIG there um, is just fine too. So Di Lorenzo and the over tomorrow. A little light on tennis, but we'll get there. And there'll be more tennis to go. Well, like you said, we'll have more of these draft props as we go as well. Um. Normally, what I say when I do this on Wednesdays, I say these are all my round one bets. I say this is everything I'm going to be betting for round one. And a couple sports books that I like to use for this have not had the respect that I think the Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing Company Open should have. So I don't have all my round one bets available to me right now. I've bet what I can so far. I didn't Minnesota know that's mining and manufacturing. Yeah, it's and they, you know, mining and manufacturing. They make post-it notes and scotch card. That's, that's what you right. think when you think mining. Well, it's a, it's an old company. And yes, the three I'm open. I did play four so far. I probably will have more. If I have more, they will obviously be in the blog I put out this afternoon on bet spurts. But yeah, Maverick McNeely. I talked about him last night on approaching the green. Kind of a garbage irons player, but the rest of his game is conducive to playing here. I'm gonna fade Tom Lewis. Knox over Adam Hadwin. Adam Hadwin, maybe the only Canadian I'm against lately, but uh, Knox over Hadwin, minus 120. Cam Davis over uh, Fertelli. Fertelli played really, really well at the Open. He's a guy I've faded quite a bit. Um, if you want to use that narrative at all, basically like guys who played deep into Sunday and had to fly back to Minnesota, I guess maybe a little jet lag. I've seen some takes against Usti, especially in DFS. He's going to be lower owned than most people think he should be, but for telling nothing there, it's just my numbers, but I guess that doesn't hurt that he played uh, deep into Sunday. And then Stewie Sink over last year's champion, Mr. Thompson. This number is clearly off. I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't like this one at all. I make Sink like minus 150 in this matchup, but we all know what uh, Stuart Sink can do on a Friday. So maybe a round one bet isn't uh isn't too bad of a deal. Stuart Sink in a full tournament matchup isn't what I'm going to be after this weekend. Like I said, approaching the green last night with Pam, we went over a bunch of stuff, had a few outrights, some props, a few other things. Had a good week last week, obviously. Hoping to continue that this week. And like I said again, I will have a blog with everything, everything I'm betting for the 3M All the on BetSperts this afternoon. I'll post that up on Twitter too, so you can click that link. And as long as you're clicking links, click the link at the top of our pin feed and go sign up for a win bet account, get a Yeti, get a $500 risk free bet, have Beautiful a cool day. Wednesday. And you know, I'll check you back here tomorrow. We'll do some more betting.